Deep in the gulf of the Yucatan Peninsula lives a city, rooted in ancient ritual, humidity, magic dust, palm trees, and scorpions, is where you can find the witches of Catamaco. One deep breath. What's up, everybody? What up, dude? I miss I missed this. We didn't do it for a week, and I'm like, I know, devastated slightly inside. <laughs> I know, I missed you. Missed missed it. I know, me too. Um, well, welcome back, everybody. Thanks so much for, you know, being patient with us. I, I just kind of wanted a week to get, like, acclimated into my new J-O-B. New J-O-B. J-O-B. What's the new job, Bree? <laughs> well, Dan and I are both now <laughs> slanging hemp. Um, oh, yeah, I think you told everybody last week. I think I did tell all y'all the last episode. Um, oh, yeah, it was it was good, you know. Um, really excited to be with the company. It's very similar to like the yoga industry, like it's all wellness and and health and shit like that, without like using you know like Ambien or Xanax or some shit like that. Um, so it's been really good. It's I'm really happy to not be managing people, dude. Like I'm dude. over that shit. Oh, I bet I yeah, can't not into it. That and then like people walking into like the store and like treating you like total shit over that too, you know. Yeah, you can always tell the people that have never worked a day of service in their life. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. People that like the people that snap at you. Totally. Like, excuse, excuse, excuse me, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna give me a motherfucking treat too? Like, yeah, see. <laughs> A motherfucking treat. What yeah. the fuck is that? I know. Like, for example, there was this one woman, me and my friend Ashley were up at the counter. Um, she's fucking really cool. She's a running coach and she does like uh like running coaching for individuals who are trying to like learn how to run and stuff like that. Super cool. But anyway, her and I were up at the front and this fucking woman comes in and she's making a return for her daughter. And she gives us the receipt, but, like, technology, of course, Michelle knows how much I fucking hate technology. My headphones, my mic, my computer. Should have seen us moments ago. Seriously, I thought I was (laughs) going to burn this closet down. Um, But, um, and so we're up there. She gives us the receipt, and our system is being weird. It's not let us processing her return back to the credit card that she originally paid for. And we, well, it's super easy peasy. Like we just have to put it to a gift card and then you cash the gift card out and like we give her cash because obviously her daughter's card isn't there with her. And we're trying to explain that to her and she's just like telling us, she's like, I just don't understand why you all can't move faster. Why did that woman, like I checked out another chick while she was helping that chick, that lady and she's like, why did that woman just get in and get out? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't fucking know, but there is a solution. And so we're trying to give her, you know, like her her money back and stuff like that. And like, I'm just trying to be kind to her the whole time. And she's completely ignoring me, not answering a goddamn thing that I said. Like, how's your day? You know, I'm, I'm so sorry. And da, 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 da. zero silence. Just fucking mean mugged my ass and is just like on her phone, like typing some shit. And mm-hmm. so 
we open up the drawer to give her her like cash back for the credit card or for the gift card and ashley's giving her the change and ashley gives her two dollars in change like actual coin and i'm like why is she doing that because there's dollar bills in the fucking till right and so ashley just and then i was like oh that bitch i know exactly what she's doing it's like the tiny little things that you can fucking do to just like fucking (laughs) revenge that like just feels so justified in your gut but like the customer has no idea and the lady was like um is there any way I could have two dollars instead of these coins and she was like I'm sorry we don't have any more ones and she's just pissed off throws the change in her purse and then darts off and then I I looked over at her and she's like I had change. I was like, you bitch, you are so good. Girl after my own heart. Like, yeah. I knew exactly what you were doing, trying to fucking piss her off by giving her change. It's the little gotcha things. good. Because you can't be like, you know what, bitch? Fuck you and get the fuck up out my face. Come back here when you learn how to talk to people with some motherfucking respect. You can't Dude. say that to somebody. And, like, at Goldmine, what I would do is, so we had, like, these tiny little rectangular bags that were probably, like, three by four inches or some shit. I would take something, like, a sweatshirt and just shove it in the bag. And then with my hands, I would just give them the <laughs> And they're like, you don't have any other bags? And I was like, no, I'm sorry. Sorry. No. This bag is pretty much pointless, but here you go. Fuck you. Oh, I know. I know. Like the people that like, like you're, you always got to be nice to your bartender, dude. Cause like yeah. they're the ones giving you your alcohol, dumbass. Like, how could you not think of that? Like, people have been total assholes to me. And I'm like, dude, I'm giving you a three count. Like, I'm not giving, you know, I'm making your drinks weak as shit all night. Oh, yeah. Cause oh, you yeah. suck. Do it. Do it. Make them spend more fucking money. Maybe put a little spit in that shit. Fuck. <laughs> Just like you. Watch out, we gonna we about to go to Catamaco and fucking pay a sorcerer to fucking put a curse on your ass. Um well, here it comes. Exactly. But I'm really excited for the episode today. It's it's gonna be super good. We're gonna be covering something that I think I've only at least in in uh my podcast years have heard like one person cover it this like specific area in Mexico one time. And it was uh, for a specific episode, and it was just about the location. It wasn't even about, like, this actual city, Catamaco in, in New Mexico. Not in New Mexico. In Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> not in New Mexico. Um, it's in a, a very, very beautiful part of Mexico. So I'm, I'm really excited. Um, and we got to go. We're going to go. We're going to go. Ready. Oh, yeah, dude. We have to go. Also, the three of us have to go together because I'm not going there by my fucking self. It just oh, yeah. Like- well, Healing House. Healing house field trip. Yeah. Like I'm not going there by myself because it's kind of a place where I could totally see myself being abductive and sold into like sex trafficking Um, (laughs) or, or sacrificed in someone's inganga or some shit. Um, But anyways, um, I'm really excited. Michelle, what's your hocus pocus focus for the week? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, this was a big week. Um, well, we didn't like see, you know, we weren't, we didn't talk last week, but uh, Sydney, my sister's baby, was born. Woo! Uh, woo! Welcome to planet Earth uh, on the full moon. We're just there with like course. foil hats and signs. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say we want to believe in, like, yeah. Oh, welcome God. to Earth. <laughs> welcome to Earth. Um. And. 
super excited about her and my sister. Um, she's perfect. And it was fun. It was, it was cool. Cause, um, we had a, like a little, you know, baby, a virtual baby blessing before my sister's due date. And we all like, you know, made intentions for her and wrote her like little notes. And I had a candle for the, I didn't light it, but I like, you know, had it that night. And then, so for when my sister went into labor, I was going to light the candle. And, um, I was, when my sister went into labor, I was actually at my friend Jane's house getting eggs for the La Limpias, uh, the cleanse that we did. And, um, Brooke went into labor and I'm like driving home and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to get home and light the candle. And so right when I got home, I lit the candle and it was crazy cool because um, I had a reading at five and I bring the candle like into the room and it's like almost burnt out and it was like going crazy right at the end before it burnt out. And so I, I videotaped it to send to my sister and then I blew it out because it was like all wild and it was burnt out. And that was at 4.03 mountain time and Sydney was born at four o'clock like on the dot. Whoa. So like right – it was like right as she came into the world, the candle was like going crazy and it was just really cool. I love when like synchronicities happen and we like, you know, I lit the, and you know, maybe the, you know, that's, that's the magic, right? I love the, the magic. I love um, the magic. I love the magic of it and lighting the candle just at that perfect moment, you know, divine timing and having it burn out right when she was born was, was dope. You know what I was thinking? And, It'd be kind of funny. Yeah. What? It's like you're just like hauling ass down the highway, like going a hundred or some shit to go light this candle, and then a, a cop pulls you over, and he's like, "You want to tell me why you were speeding, Miss?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, I need to get home to light this candle for my sister." Yeah, <laughs> my sister, officer, she's in labor. You don't understand. <laughs> I gotta go. I always, I always, um, if I ever like fear I'm gonna get pulled over, I always think like. I could just, like, I'm like, I'll just cry and say, like, I have really bad cramps. I always was like, like, oh, my husband's dying. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I would never. I just put it out (gasps) in the universe. But I, like, you know how, like, when you try to tell a white lie, but then you're like, no, I really don't want that to happen. (laughs) You're like, that 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 escalated quick. Please don't. No, don't get it. You know, maybe I'd have, you know, maybe I'll pay by having really bad cramps someday, but I'm always like, what lie will I tell? Or I'm like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to barf. I'm like going to throw up. I know. I'm always afraid the lie is going to like actually happen. Well, um, okay. Also, we did the uh, Olympia's ritual with Dee and it was so beautiful and so fun and just like really really special on the full mm-hmm. moon to like get together with some full moon uh with some coven sisters too and Woo. yeah thank you um and, and we, thank you we hetty one- hall thank you hetty yeah hall. thank you hetty hall we loved it they loved it so much isn't she it was great? just perfect she was great it was it was perfect it was just the like restorative yeah it was super relaxing super i mean just I loved it. She Me did great. Too. I love her. Everyone loved it. And then we did our little ritual and we had a fire and it was just, I cried like three times. So 
Good. Um, I was doing yo- while we were doing yoga with Hetty Hall, my friend Rachel. Uh, she's amazing. Um, she owns a food or she owns a company here um, called Kurkuma, and now she's doing like kind of kitchery meal plans. She's like an Ayurvedic um, wizard or witch. We should have her on when we do our Ayurvedic talk. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah, but she came over into the yoga and you know we're next to each other and we're like doing it and she and we're in shavasana and she just like reaches over and like holds my hand and i'm just like fucking lost it just like it was so you know just to have like you know five girls over and i'll be on my patio and i'll do yoga you know no mass just like totally magical it was great it looked like fun. I was like, oh, my God, I want to do that. And then Hetty's like, dude, why don't we do that? And I was like, I, well, it's because we're in Colorado and you don't know if it's going to fucking dump rain and snow on you in the middle of April. <laughs> like, like, like today and tomorrow sure. and Saturday, it's supposed to be like 80. And then the rest of the week, it's supposed to like snow after that. <laughs> I'm just like, make yeah. up your goddamn fucking mind. Um, yeah. But Damn. that's so exciting. We can, like, start to do that soon, you know? Get I into know. that. I'm stoked. Yeah. Um, hopefully soon we'll be able to have IRL events within. Yeah. I'm hoping by 2022 we'll be able to do shit like that. Um, yeah. My Hocus Pocus focus. Um, interesting. So, okay. So when I, like, start something new... You know what? No, I, I, I kind of want to talk about what I've been talking about, like with my students. Like I was like, oh, I can sleep and shit now. Um, <laughs> but like usually <laughs> when I start something new or like a new project, like my digestive system gets so fucked up and then I don't eat because my digestive system is fucked mm. up. And that's I'm kind of like coming out of that. Um, but so this week, you know, we're kind of like talking about, you know, the, the super full moon in class and like releasing and letting shit go. And I've realized that for like the first time in my entire life, like I actually respect myself. I respect myself and I know my worth. And I just like it kind of hit me how when I'm like doing something and I'm like, no, fuck this shit. I'm not doing that anymore. Like this isn't serving me. This isn't good for my growth for like, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like I I act on it, but I don't act on it from like this psycho state. I don't want to say psycho. I'm sorry. Um, From this like state of panic, state of panic and like anxiety. Um. I don't act from that space anymore. Like, it's very grounded energy. Like, hey, it's okay. Like, you know, like this, I have the power to change this and I'm going to. And I'm going to be sure that, you know, people know truthfully why, you know, I'm, I'm putting something down or on the back burner or leaving something, you know, and I'm just, Mm. it's just cool to catch that feeling immediately now rather than letting myself go through pain anxiety like because my ego doesn't want to surrender or let go of something like I think Mm. I am really really practice practicing a pagraha right which means non-attachment so I it's cool it's cool that I'm so cool 
and like to yeah to witness it and to notice it and see the change i love that um i love that that's happening for you and i love that we're i i didn't even say that was like the point of our ritual was like let go and i feel like you're like speaking exactly what it is that i want to say like in the mo like in the moment when i was like thinking of what i want to release mine a little bit more related to like the you know like some of like the impulsive behaviors that i have and kind of just like letting go and allowing myself like instead of just keeping go you know instead of like feeling like shit and noticing yeah. the thing come up and then just doing it anyway i'm like noticing the thing come up and i'm like why like i'm not going to do this yeah fuck i'm it. not going to i'm not going to like fuck this i'm not going to ruin my own day i'm not going to no i'm not going to do this anymore yeah and, like, I'm even doing it because I've had a very toxic relationship with food. Like, I use it as, like, a comfort, like, blanket. And, like, I don't have an eating disorder, but, like, I I would really rely on it for emotional support. Like, I never, like, binged or, like, you know, starved myself. But uh, it's a very toxic relationship. And, like, and it's, like, food, especially now that I'm older, it, like, hurts me sometimes, you know? Like, I can't have the shit that I had when I was, like, 18 years old or something like that. Yeah. Like, I have to be very mindful. And, like, I'm even noticing it now. I'm like, oh, I could have that sandwich, you know, from Snarfs or, like, get yourself a salad so your body feels good, you know? Like, the food will be there. I think that's, like, where my, like, anxiety comes from is from scarcity. That something isn't going to be there. And so I have to, like, have it. And Get it while it. you can. Yes, yes, yes. Um, And even when I was younger, drinking was like that for me. You know, like, yeah. now I'm able to have a drink and be content. You know, like, I don't need alcohol to make me fun and funny and charismatic like I I don't need to you know and like alcohol doesn't make me feel very good after two drinks so like why am I going to make myself feel like shit you know so it's, it's the biggest yeah it that question I I mean still even you know because mm -hmm. I'm I'm doing I I am noticing like I'm having these moments more and more where I'm like wow I didn't I didn't go there. I didn't like I didn't spiral out of control. Yeah. You know, m maybe something happened where normally I would. And then like I don't. And I'm like proud of myself. But there's still times where like I do a thing. It almost I've been re I was realizing this like some now it almost doesn't matter if I do like if I, you know, binge or if I, you know, if I smoke, you know, five cigarettes <laughs> or if I just have like one, even if I like roll a spliff and I just have like a puff of it. The mm -hmm. guilt around it for me is all like in in the more recent past has been like all the same feeling like no matter what. So in a way I'm like balance like number one I'm just no longer allowing myself to like do the binging of it because like either way you know I can yeah. like stop myself like right now I can physically stop my body from doing the thing. Mm -hmm. But it's just so hard. Why is it so hard for humans to be like God this is super painful i'll yeah. start over tomorrow I'll, do it. I'll, I'll change it tomorrow like but tonight Same. like it's it's wild i know I and that's that it's the patterning the that's the patterning and it's like i mean i've learned like i literally bring you like an inspiration i'll cry about it but like just watching Aww. you like you know do you know so much growth in the last 
you know, I mean, five years, like, and especially in the last two years, like just every, you know, you've been able, so able to see, you know, things in your life and how you want them and look at it, like just visualize, you know, changing, you know, in these ways. Um, and to really kind of use your voice and just be like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. So like, I'm not, I'm not, um, that shit is, yeah. Thank you. It's really, I um, you. I mean, and I like, you. it means a lot from you because like, I think about like the people who have, you know, been with me, like in my really dark times, like I think of you, I think of Joan, I think of Frankie, I think of Dan, you know, and my poor mother. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> Sorry, Lisa. Um, you know, and like my sister, like, and so it just means a lot, like when the people who have like seen me at like my absolute like darkest and worst, like see me crawling out and. Dude, but that like it gives. It. It gives me permission to do the same. It gives other your students and like your sister and you know yeah. like your your girls. Like it gives other people. I mean, maybe even a stranger. You know, like the permission to kind of like act upon that. And I mean, I I I really have. I mean, I see those changes happening within myself. Pat myself on the back. You know. Oh my God, so and... many changes. Like I think about when we started this and like how you are on now. Like you were so on like fucking everything and like look at me like sending out the like uh like email like that I was supposed to send two nights ago like two days late and like you're just like so I was even thinking it was like god Michelle's so on top of it and I like sent out this email like two days oh my god no I feel like Uh, I do that shit too uh I hate that but like it's just so cool like that's what's nice about this thing it's like a time capsule when we go back in time we can like listen to ourselves and like see like where we are now <laughs> huge houses and all of our best friends live with us that's the dream that's the dream i like little witch that's cottages good. maybe oh my gosh i want a witch yes. cottage i have so many i want a horse Ooh. you'll have one. i want a horse in a hot tub <laughs> oh my god i have to have a jacuzzi have to have a sauna have to have a sauna. Dan and I were talking about that. We want a sauna so bad. What else? And I want to have like bonfire pits. Like I just want like all I want in my life is like just to be surrounded by all my best friends 24-7. Not necessarily 24-7, but like be there. Like physically seeing each other. But yeah, it'll happen. You know what? I'm going to shuffle the fuck up or actually you're going to shuffle, shuffle the fuck, fuck up. up today. I just want an yeah, old, I just want know. circle windows like large ones. So that's so much yes! fast. In your mind, babies, and receive the power of the day. You know the cards don't lie. And I'm starting to feel it's right. All the attraction, the tension. Don't you see, baby, this is perfection. Card time. Choose a card. King of Pentacles. Ooh. Look at that shimmer. Yes. Okay, so what do we know, y'all? Everyone bring out their, their notebooks from the last four episodes, I think. Which is get your notebooks. First, we'll read from Biddy. Well, no. 
Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, let's roof ready first. So down to earth, the knower of pentacles, making it work with what they have, stretching, repurposing, reusing. They are a cultivator of many creations, friendships, a natural <sighs> nurturer of life, warm-hearted, dependable. The knower is a willing lender of hands, generous without pretension. Extra veggies from the garden are placed on neighbors' welcome mat. Birthday is remembered each year. A loyal life, a loyal longtime friend. The knower is true blue, trustworthy, rooted solid. To this person outside is home. They gape in wonder at the mouth of a forest, at the implicit wealth of dirt, the pleasure of being pushed under fingernails. When disconnected, the knower can be codependent or insecure. They might forget that their wonder. They might forget their wonder and wear passivity. Timid. I can't. I can't. Timidity. 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 It's a hard one. Timidity. And over accommodation. So, in a way, right? Maybe, like, I think in the past, you know, maybe all of us, for all of us in the past, we've been a little, you know, codependent or insecure. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think we do kind of forget our you know, our purpose or like the wonder or the curiosity. And this for us is, I mean, wonderful. I mean, the king. So we know that this is like, you know, that strong, stable character. And pentacles, matter of the earth. These are like physical things that we can see, you know, in our, in our, in our realities, in our lives. So like our homes, our houses, our jobs, our relationships, our friendships. And... It's beautiful. He's sitting on this big throne. There's like, you know, all these plants and vegetables growing all around him. They're able to give, you know, they're able to have so many of their own growth, yeah, provide. Their own wealth. Yeah. yeah. They gape at the wonder of the mouth of the forest. Love that. Trustworthy. Love it. Great. Totally. It's good stuff, especially like now, like, I don't know, I feel like crawling out of like 2020 still, but like there's that, mm. you know, just kind of like big light and like, you know, really, again, playing off of the, the full moon, like letting go of your codependencies, like your vices that are pulling you down, oh my God, yeah. you know, and so you can be that strong, you know, provider, not just for yourself, but for the people that have supported you too. You know, it's like that. Hey, I'm coming out and I'm going to be on top and mm -hmm. I'm going to show you that your love and your trust is, you know, yeah. here for a good reason. And like, think about too, I mean, like, and with what we're doing and where we are, and I'm sure where a lot of us are, like the pandemic, like mm -hmm. just the pandemic and the whole perspective shifts that have happened in the last year or two. <laughs> um, and for us to pull this now after what we're talking about, like this, you know, as we know, the physical things like money and businesses and all of that. This is the king of that. Like, this is a card of so much, like, wealth and mm -hmm. leadership and, like, security and stability and abundance. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, the, it's yeah. such a – that's great. I love it. Yeah, it's a good one. I like the king of pentacles. I pulled the queen of pentacles the other day for my – oh, my God. I had such a beautiful spread the other day. What did I have? I had the queen of pentacles. I had the ace of cups. And the magician. I was we, like, oh my God. Dude, we pulled, me and Diana pulled the magician last night. We did another ritual last night. <laughs> I saw that, that, that she did, that she pulled it. 
Yeah, it was so fun. But yeah, those are dude. Her. We're getting. I mean, for you, yeah. The more like the queen's pentacle again, just a lot of like providing. You know, providing financially. Mm-hmm. Making it work. Nurturing. Quan. Yeah. Brie Leonard. Quan. Extraordinaire. Well, I'm so excited to jump into this. I know. Me too. Okay. Now, so everybody, get ready because you get to hear our new segue in <sighs> to our topic song. All right. I'm about to play it for you. Get ready. Here's the part of the episode where we talk about what we're going to talk about today. So far you've listened to us talk about our cycles, our husbands, our dogs, noises that bother us, and we appreciate that. But let's get to the motherfucking point. Let's go. All right, welcome back everyone. Again. Thank you so much for your patience and your time because we are getting ready to dive in to the witches of Katamako. Right. And so if you're like, what the hell is she talking about? Okay. So Katamako is this city uh, that rests along, um, you know, the Gulf of Mexico city. Like it's just like people in Mexico know about this city and you think, think of this as like the Las Vegas for witches and wizards and warlocks and fucking sorcerers, basically. It's so rad. Like, there's just so many stories. There's, like, so many, like, myths and, um, you know, just, like, cultures. Like, it's a huge fusion of, of just excitement and like different heritages and I'll talk a little bit about the background here in a moment after I cite my sources which is I watched um actually this kind of like little mini vice documentary um with this gentleman who is kind of like the producer of vice in Mexico and it was so cool that was actually like my favorite piece that I like um watched and then of course wikipedia like i was just kind of going down wikipedia hole after hole after hole after hole and uh national geographic as well so those are my my three main sources um but i'm I'm really excited and then you know like thanks so much to last podcast on the left for doing that episode on uh aldolfo costanzo because that's where this is kind of like the island or the area of mexico where he um had his claim to fame and we'll talk about him later on and so Catamaco has a mixture of Hispanic Catholicism and African and Haitian roots. Because, like, if we go back, you know, we think about imperialism and, like, before, like, the United States was even the United States and the English came over, right? We had the conquistadors coming over to this side of the world. So over to, like, North America. And, of course, what did they do? They ruined everything with colonization. You know? <laughs> exactly what everybody in Europe fucking did then is we're going to go and invade these countries that aren't even ours and you know call these people savages (laughs) and kick them out and take over yeah yeah exactly just like oh so you know like we're gonna just like take all this shit and all of your resources and we're just gonna ship it back to europe so we can make a shit ton of money oh and what you guys don't have guns oh that's cool because we do and so we're gonna immediately like overpower you so you know that is 
you know, and then with that, we're also going to 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 bring in people from other countries because Haiti, like if you think about like where Mexico and like Florida and stuff are, like Haiti is like another area that kind of lingers within there. So what would happen is like these conquistador, conquistadors would go stop at Haiti, you know, fucking like destroy these fucking villages and towns and like you know rape and pillage and then abduct all of the men and you know abduct them as slaves from their fucking homes and then ship them all the way over to Mexico to be their slaves while they were on the trip and to like help them navigate the voyage you know doing like of course like all of the dirty work but because of all of that you have a lot of like African and and Haitian roots that are kind of like rested within this island and you mix that with like Catholicism and then boom you just get like this really crazy cool like eclectic mix of cultures right and along with them you know with that comes like a lot of their practices so if you think about like Africa and like uh, Cuba and things like that again like there was lots of like Cuban influence in this area too like comes with it is uh, voodoo and santeria Right. So mixed with the Catholicism, everything just becomes this cool melting pot of magic. Right. And and on this island, majority of the people who are like renowned and well known on this island are are male witches, a.k.a. sorcerers, sorcerers or or warlocks. And if you're like, Brie, what the fuck is a sorcerer? I got you. Don't worry. I have like terms for all of these things or definitions for all these terms. A sorcerer is a person who can perform sorcery, witchcraft, or magic. The word sorcerer can be used uh, for any gender, but it typically refers to a male. The word sorcerer refers uh, to a woman who performs sorcery, like if you ever use that for uh, to, you know, like classify a female witch. But I mean, I, I honestly think of the word sorcerer and I think of men. I don't know about mm. you. Um. The word sorcery often, though not always, refers to so-called black magic, right? Magic used for evil purposes, which is something that happens very, very common on this island. Like, it's very, very common. Like, they're known for having, like, really huge, like, black masses and satanic rituals, which is not as scary as as a lot of you, I think, are thinking about. And I really want to do an episode on Satanism so we can kind of, like, demystify, break mm. it down, and, and talk about that. So look for that um, in the future. Right. And and on this island, again, it's known again, like for the like if you think of Las Vegas, like you think of like gambling, you think of partying. And when you think of Catamico, you think of just like magic, 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 like every block. Like there's just like these neon day glow signs <laughs> that are like tarot reading, spells, fortune like potions. Is that happening? <laughs> fortune teller. Like they're yes, they're like fucking everywhere. And every single year they have this gigantic festival of magic like watching the videos and like seeing all of these just like pictures and images and interviews it's just like colorful and bright and exciting and there's all kinds of like just different rituals every single night like white and black magic like just you know again pulling in from like their Asian uh, Haitian and Cuban roots just like all kinds of just really really cool just like things think about like if like Coachella for mm-hmm, witches pretty mm-hmm. much 
Mine is like Kygo and fucking Big Wild and whatever bullshit fucking kids listen to now. Anyways, yeah, so it's like a mixture again, like of of voodoo, santeria, right? And uh, and to like a lot of like uh, San Muerte, like worship, mm-hmm. right? And and San Muerte, like she is a, a kind of like a figure in Catholicism and in Mexican culture. Basically, it's like the female Grim Reaper, right? She is somebody who comes and meets you at death and takes you either to heaven or to mm-hmm. hell, right? Depending on on the type of life that you did, right? Uh, the cultures above combined with uh, capitalism and imperialism in the tourist business, um, like, boomed, right? It's, like, a huge tourist attraction for Mexico. And it's it's almost like an amusement park in Dude. that way, especially to... Yeah, yeah like, real-life Harry Potter and Disney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, like, Mexican Harry Potter. It's fucking sick as fuck, dude. Um, And the... The, the the Vice episode that I watched on it was so freaking cool, right? So this guy, he's just kind of like a normal, everyday guy, like, from Mexico City. And he's like, all right, we're going to go check this shit out. And, you know, everybody there, too, is just dressed in kind of, like, traditional garb. And it's just so vibrant and bright. And he's kind of just, like, wearing, like, a button-up, like, a, a total, like, Vice, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> narrator and, like, guide. Like, what if you are, like thinking of you know vice like what you have in your head he is that archetype um so he goes there and what happens like in the documentary is that he goes and he visits like kind of like a bunch of different like really famous like historical like landmarks for rituals and then he participates in a bunch of different like style masses like he goes to a white mass and then he goes to a black mass and one area too that um that I thought was really cool that, um, you know, if you think about like places like, uh, like in Israel, like there's that spot too, you know, like where, where Jesus was born that people go and they leave offerings and things like that. There's kind of a spot like that too. And it's called, uh, Mount Carmel Fisherman Cave. Um, that's on almost kind of like a separate location that, um, you need to take like a little boat to get to. Um, and what that people do is that they show up at this cave and give offerings to the, to Garmel in hopes of like curing either like an illness or a disease or attaining something that they really, really want. But basically they go, they give offerings in hopes that like their wishes and their requests will be granted by Garmel, right? Um, and these are not just like, um, cath, you know, like Catholic, um, religious items. Like you just don't go and like leave a cross or something like that. Sometimes there's things that are a little bit darker, especially too, if you think of like a Victorian morning locket or something or a ring or a bracelet mm. or a pennant, like a brooch, kind of like what we talked about in our Like more of like an ancestral thing, kind of like leaving. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like, people will leave, like, hair from, like, you know, like, if your kid is really sick, maybe you take a lock of their hair, like, cut a little piece off, and then leave it near the statue in the cave, or there's teeth, or, like, even blood, um, lots of photos of, like, loved ones that, like, people are placing in the cave, hoping that Carmel will help bless them and, and give them, you know, the the cure and the healing that, that they're all searching for. 
Um, and so that's why they offer like the tiny objects or you leave like a piece of like your loved one's jewelry or something like that. So that was like a really cool cave that he went to and you just go inside and you're just like, oh my God, like overwhelmed by all of the objects and the offerings mm. that have been placed to Garmel. Um, and then on the other side of the island, like the opposite side, um, or the city, excuse me, um, they're known for um, satanic rituals and their black masses, which he ends up going to both. Um, most of the magic practitioners there are, are men again, right? So they're sorcerers. And of course there are women, but mainly it is mm-hmm. like a, a lot of men who like kind of dominate the industry within that area. And there's seven high priests, right? That are like the shit. Like these seven high priests like make an insane amount of money a year because of their clientele. So like their clientele consists of like famous people in Mexico and in North America, you know, like other famous people too, maybe from different countries that cross over, politicians, like lawyers, people who are like up in like high, high, high status, not just in Mexico, but people will go and see these seven sorcerers and pay them paying the big bucks for these big ass spells but you know you like you want big magic guess what baby you got to pay for big magic and not just fiscally which we'll talk about here in a moment right and and they're some of the most uh world renowned and most respected and hold some of the like most the biggest occult secrets in mexico right um and there's a, you know, um, there's this one specific, uh, like, one of the seven that our host from Vice kind of, like, highlighted, and his name was Alejandro. And um, he is a sorcerer who has been practicing uh, magic and Satanism for more than half of his life, right? So he was born in Mexico, um, and he claims that the spirit of the Apache lives inside of him. And the spirit of the Apache is for healing, right? He has actually healed like every single one of his clients who have come to him who was in the first or the second stage of cancer and has completely healed them. But however, like for some reason, because like if you are in the third or the fourth stage of cancer, he is like, dude, this shit is out of my hands. You've came to me like way too late I can't do anything for you everything is up to God from here now so like that's an example of like his fame like he has like a hundred percent success rate of like performing sorcery to like help you heal from first or second stages of cancer so you have people coming from like you know more like uh, European style and like wider cultures to like come here absorb his magic pay him to like perform a spell or a ritual for you to like heal you from whatever it is that you're suffering from but he doesn't use white magic it's usually all darker Mm. so right and 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 to bounce off of that like alejandro like works directly with these specific um entities right so we have santa muerte right so we talked about her like not too long ago satan lucifer they're two different um people and jehovah right that's the power that he invokes and calls upon to make his magic applicable right um and you know he kind of like in the documentary gave us kind of just like this 
this like rundown of like the type of people that come to him what people ask for and like what his rituals look like like for example say that you know somebody fucked you over and you want karmatic revenge on them right you know you want whatever they did to you to happen back to them like revenge absolutely right you know and then or say that you want like riches to come into your life right what what that looks like is he takes like a figure carved out of wax places it into kind of like this little black box or in the box has to be black and then he takes a dagger stabs the wax figure and then drives it across the wax figure right from here he takes a, a picture of the person um or like a desired object of that person and then places it into a bottle of alcohol and lets it set until the alcohol drowns out the image or dissolves whatever it is that you place in from the person that you're seeking kind of like to harm on until it dissolves away. Like he has like images that are like he had like a shit ton of images in this bottle that were just kind of like dissolving. That way um, instead of them um dying they suffer via vice which is just like kind of fucking crazy right and vice asks alejandro if he feels bad you know for leading like these people into suffering who are asking them to perform spells to harm these people or death like some people like go to him and ask him to perform like death spells on people and he says no, because what the customer wants, A, they'll get, but they'll have to pay for not only financially, but magically. Right, like what you read um, yourself, you know, bro. Absolutely. And you pay for it 10 times fold. Like, for example, if like somebody comes in and like say like, oh, I want my grandfather to like die so I can have his ranch. Yeah, you'll get the ranch. But guess what? your wife maybe will die maybe your kids will die or you'll suffer like a huge illness like maybe you'll get something like random and wild as fuck like lupus or some shit like that when you fuck around with dark magic you're going to fucking pay for it is basically what he says like it's on this person i'm just the middleman doing the work for this person right that's what you know, they pay like, yeah usually... you get what you pay for literally i mean you get what you pay for Absolutely. You get what you fucking pay for. And lots of narcos and like high, high crime lords seek consultation, not just from Alejandro, but from like other sorcerers currently and other sorcerers in the past and hope it's going to bring them money and glory. This is where we get Aldolfo Costanzo. Right, so Aldolfo Costanzo isn't Mexican. He is originally Cuban. However, like he started his like sorcerer roots and like his like uh, which uh, his magic practice in Cuba. But then, you know, as he began to grew and got really big in Cuba, he's like, I'm gonna go to Catamaco because that's where that's where it's at that's where you make your money that's where you really develop your reputation and where I can become a professional sorcerer and what happens is Aldolfo Costanzo ends up fucking around with fucking narcos like he ends up fucking around with the wrong people gang members you know uh, drug lords politicians and he ends up getting them like he becomes kind of like you know a like this almost like 
person that can like see into the future for them. He becomes number one for like a lot of narcos and like drug and gang members. Right. And he is known for an inganga. Right. And inganga, if you think of like a supersized cauldron that rests over a fire, this is where you'll place like all of your sacrifices. Right. So if you sacrifice animals, um, you know, like if you take plants or food or mm. things like that, you teeth. put it in this inganga. <laughs> tea. Uh, yeah. Teeth. Absolutely. Hair. All of this stuff. So you throw it in the inganga. And what happens is that with each sacrifice that gets added to the inganga, your magic and your power grows so if it's you if it's your coven everybody puts their sacrifices into this inganga so that way the power of the witch or the coven begins to amplify exponentially and the gnarlier your sacrifices the gnarlier your magic is going to be so obviously that like his coven gets tired or you know like finds a plateau within the power of their magic when they're just sacrificing like you know chickens and goats and things like that so what's the next level uh-oh human sacrifice dun, dun. human sacrifice dun dun dun, dun, dun dun so they just start like fucking murdering people to help their magic get stronger and stronger and stronger and then putting these bodies into the inganga mm. And all of their shit goes south in the 80s when they fucking murder, of course, two, a couple white guys and put them in the Nganga and they go missing. That's all it took. Of for- course, like, <laughs> they're exactly one spring break gone wrong, two white guys go missing and then everybody loses their shit and then they end up getting caught. Um, but last podcast on the left is a really, really good episode on Aldolfo Costanzo and I want to do an episode on him and his squad too because it's fucking insane what happens it's fucking wild his story their background is just it is an abundance of just like jaw dropping like yeah you have to do one knowledge like it's yeah, I want to do one. I don't know if I'll do it as good as Marcus Parks does, but I'm going to fucking try. So, you know, down the road, who knows, maybe even the next episode, go piggybacking off of this. Um, we'll do Aldolfo Costanzo. Um, but, you know, segueing away from him, uh, let's go back to kind of like the Vice documentary. So he goes and he sees Alejandro's kind of like his essentially Alejandro has a an inganga and like altars and he has specific rooms to where he performs his magic and specific altars the one that um was really interesting was his like satan room like or his satanic room so like you go in there there's like this giant table with like kind of like um like little like brackets where you could like hook where it looks mm. like almost like chains so that way something wouldn't move if you place yeah. it on the super table. casual that's where super casual um <laughs> that's usually where he sacrifices the goats because in 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 satanism you know that's kind of like the iconic um live sacrifice that you make it's it's usually from a goat and so he has that there with the pentagram on it for protection um and then he has, like, all of these murals of, like, again, Jehovah, Satan, Lucifer, 
things like that um, within his room. So he has like all of these just like different rituals and rooms and has these different routines that he uses to cleanse and to to monitor and to take care of, of each um, room. And each room serves like a different purpose for a different ritual for a different client, if that all makes sense to you. Right, and from there he ends up, um, you know, our host ends up going to... Um, his main goal is to go witness a black mass kind of like in the fucking jungle but first before you go to a black mass in order for yourself to enter a black mass with protection and um, a clean a clean heart a clean soul so that way nothing fucking happens to you you need to go to a white mass first right yeah, I didn't know that. So he ends up going to a white mass and, you know, like everybody's dressed in white and there is, you know, somebody who is kind of like facilitating the ritual and then someone who acts as the vessel to receive the knowledge from the spirits to help protect our vice host um, on his journey to this black mass hmm. and the advice and request that they ask of him before he goes to the back black mass and what he needs to do is he needs to wear his underwear inside out <laughs> that's it <laughs> that's it they're like okay you need to wear your underwear inside out he's like i know i was thinking the same exact he's thing like, what is this like was... magical crazy thing i'm gonna have to do yeah, he's just like, what the fuck? He has this, he has like a pen and paper out to like write it all down, and they're just like underwear uh-huh, inside uh-huh. out. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, yeah. Cool, cool, got that, got that, got that. Um, so yeah, so he has to wear his underwear inside out. They don't talk about why, which I was like, can we can we rewind? Can, we can you ask the spirits <laughs> why this motherfucker needs to wear his in- underwear inside out while he goes to the black mask for protection? But whatever protect your goods you know Mm. um and so he's like you know goes through a ritual ceremony and a blessing um and he's getting ready for the black mass and the same exact sorcerers um who um facilitated the white mass are helping him with the black mass as well so these um witches and sorcerers fuck with both um and so kind of just like you know thing like number one rule for wearing a you know for attending a black mass is a go to a white mass before so you get all of the knowledge that you need and you know protect and cleanse your body um then you need a hen or a rooster to take with you for sacrifice uh next step right so what they do is they get on this boat and then they go to like this fucking like isolate space in in the city like it's in the fucking jungle there's like waterfalls there's tree there's terrain they're taking like machetes and like chopping through shrubbery to get to this uh cave where they begin to perform the satanic ritual right so step number one is that you sacrifice the rooster and say a protection incantation while having the sacrificial body um tap into areas of your body right so what that means is basically you'll sacrifice the rooster you'll cut the rooster from groin to to like its mouth and then the rooster starts to bleed but then the shaman right begins to tap your body kind of just like what diana did with the juniper branches you do that on your body like on on your body with the rooster's blood 
right? So you're just like tapping, 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 right? Um, and then from there, the cherry on top to complete, you know, your, your spell and your ritual, right, is to take the rooster that's bleeding profusely and lick its blood, is to lick its blood, right? And then from <laughs> Sorry there, to all the you take the rooster listening. blood, totally and you drizzle sorry for all the vegans yeah absolutely and you take the blood and then you drizzle it along the altar right as the sacrifice right so that's the sacrifice part and if you're like brie why do people do this people do this kind of like what i was talking about in the beginning when we were talking about why people go to see alejandro right you do it for protection you do it for abundance you do it for like you know okay i i want my crops this year you know like to to be as high as they possibly can in stock or something like this right you're going there for like a tangible offering but you have to do things appropriately and correctly and add the right amount of sacrifice and balance that way universally the magic evens out and you aren't paying out the asshole for a fucking spell that you didn't give enough to Mm -hmm. if that makes sense okay Right. Um, And then um, after that, after the ritual is done, after everything happens, you have to exit out of the ritual and like the altar backwards. That way you don't disrespect Satan, because if you disrespect Satan, guess what? A whole giant grip of like hell and fury is going to come down upon your ass, motherfucker. Right. And then finally, finally, the very end to protect yourself and to seal the gates that you have opened, the spiritual, like paranormal gates that you have opened during your ritual. And we'll, you know, we go back to like Aleister Crawley. You light a pentagram on fire to seal the gate to the underworld, right? To protect y'all, to close that shit up. Because if you don't close that shit up and you release all these motherfucking demons and hell and fire onto the planet, that's not, that's not really good. You got to be responsible with your fucking magic. So they do that. They, you know, say a chant, maybe dance around it. And then they fucking put out the fire and they leave and they go home. Uh, but yeah, that's just like an everyday life on, on, on what happens in this island. But that's the style of magic that this island is known for. But it has a reputation of, of just with, with just like engulfed and just really layered and textured crazy ass fucking stories. And, you know, the one that is the most prominent for me is Aldolfo Costanzo and his magic. But, you know, we could do like a whole series even like on all of the all you the know, different yeah. famous witches and warlocks that came out of this bitch. Yeah. I'm interested, very interested in this place. I'm so excited to know. <laughs> I know. I want to go and I want to do some like tours and stuff and like, you know, who knows, maybe we could even like stream it live and do like a video doc or something we on it. Too. Um but this is just like a very brief 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 brief, you know, kind of like comb over what happens on this island, who hangs out on this island, who has hung out, or it's not. Why do I keep calling it a fucking island? I think it's because <laughs> the there's jungle like we're talking about, <laughs> and jungle and ocean, and they're taking boats to get to one end of the city and then the other. Like it's, uh, it's not a fucking island, but <laughs> you know, it's just it's so cool and it's so crazy, and you know, I, I really am just like. I mean, 
I just love like my heritage and who I am and where I came from and you know being a kid I was always really embarrassed and like not really ashamed but like being you know Mexican was something that you were bullied for discriminated against like violence has happened upon my family because of it and you know I'm just I just love my culture and I'm proud of it and it's cool to see just kind of that there that there are people out there just like me like who are you know in out there like performing magic and looking Mm -hmm. for things and who love the occult and who are you know it's just it's so fucking cool and I I want to go there and I want to experience it I want to witness everything I want to fucking dive deep I want like I want to go and I want to explore Yeah, connected to the roots. You know, I'm sure like whenever we do like, you know, stuff on Ireland and things like that, you feel the same exact way. Dude, I love I mean, it breaks my heart for because of that, the realness of that. And yeah, I love you and I love, you know, learning about your culture. And I enjoy so many, you know, I pr- you know, parts of it. Um, same. And we all do. <laughs> crazy for people who are you know it's like but um yeah it's so beautiful and all the just all the rituals and it's it's amazing but I can't wait to go there and experience that with you and I'll be so special dude I know I'm fucking and like you're so right the like that like this I don't know like that knowing or like that comfort in you know find you know doing these rituals and kind of like tapping in or like you know things that were that were actually things that the people that came before us did like in our lines and in our cultures and like where it's like and so many people like were practicing things all for a similar you know reason and like the connection on all the elements and just it's it's really cool to learn about and yeah and like you know the history of like you know like back in the day like you'd go to like in that specific part of mexico you know you would travel to go see these sorcerers and these witches Mm -hmm. you know to to help you like to help heal like people in your family or like if your crops went to shit and the locusts got to them or some crazy ass stuff you know like ask for abundance with your crops and it's 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 like help it's like community it's like people looking out for each other you know and and moving past like you know what you were bred and born into and taking this leap of faith into the unknown into the occult and it's so fucking cool but but yeah so that is um you know the witches of of catamaco in mexico and it's been super fun. Again, if you want to support us, you know, and fund our journey to Catamaco, please. <laughs> um, please rate, review, subscribe to our podcast. Like that is the number one way that people can help us like climb to the top, to be seen, to be known, to deliver this type of information to, to as many people as we possibly can or join the coven. $13 and 33 cents a month gets you one weekly yoga class uh, with your girl admission to all of our moon circles michelle leads the new moon circles with our super fun just unique eclectic rituals and then we have a guest teacher for our full moon yoga circles um you know every single month and then you get 13 percent off of services with michelle and myself yeah. um 
So yeah, do it. Yeah. Support support your fellow. And there'll witches. be just more and more offerings coming, which I'm so excited about. I'll be Same. I'll be teaching. We'll be doing more subscription. We'll be doing more subscriptions with yoga. Uh, come mm-hmm. June, July, and all the members will get a discount on that, and it'll be absolutely it'll be super cool. I can't wait. It'll be so good. I'm I'm stoked too, man. It's gonna be dope. Uh, well, we love you all so much. You're dope as fuck, and uh, don't forget, my friends, you are magic. Take <gasps> one magic. deep breath. <gasps> 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 